Hello, you're listening to Wine Blast with me, Susie Barry, and my husband and fellow master of wine, Peter Richards. And we've got a great show lined up today. We do, we? we do, don't we? We're, we do. we're answering one of life's very biggest questions. The big question. Yeah. What is the meaning of life? That's not the big question. Come on. I thought I'd throw it, it in. Wine? Just wine? in case you had any insights to <laughs> Anything you know, to do with wine? The opportunity was to answer it with wine. Oh, well, I could. Oh, Missed opportunity. Yeah, so the big question we're dealing with Story today is, is what wine's been like during lockdown. Uh, the question that everyone's been asking us. They really have, actually. <laughs> Everybody I see is like, what, well, what's it like for wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is very well. You know, um, so in this programme, we've got some fascinating, uh, intriguing views from uh, the Wine Society and Diogenes the Dog. Diogenes the Dog. Two very different UK wine retailers. I think um, they, they sound very different, don't they? They are. Um, we've got the results of a Twitter survey, of course. Of course, we had to have a Twitter survey. Enlightening as ever. And in a Wine Blast exclusive, we are taste testing the big brands of wine. You know, will it be controversial? Well, here's, here's a brief clip. It's if not, anything was going to make you a teetotaler. Um, it smells like kind of, um, you know, char. If you stuck your head into a barbecue. <laughs> no, let's, let's not be, let's not. Kind of like, you know, yeah. um, some sort of maple syrup poured over your head at the same time. <laughs> so all this and more coming up. But first, we've had a message from Jonathan. Mm. Now, Jonathan won our first ever wine giveaway. He did, didn't he? And we've been, we've been feeling a bit guilty. Haven't we? We have slightly. Uh, but first, before before we explain, um, <laughs> Jonathan, he emailed to say thank you um, for the wines. He said, and, and this is what he said, he, he wrote to say, not least at this time, which is so much uncertainty, the enthusiasm, enthusiasm, that's a bit Spanish, isn't it? Enthusiasm, enthusiasm <laughs> warmth and wit and knowledge of your podcast is a dependable joy. Oh, so sweet of himself. That's anyway, very nice. Let's hear from Jonathan himself. Susie and Peter, hello, it's Jonathan here in Newcastle. Very happy winner of six bottles of beautiful English wine, which are all sat here with me now. Um, and we're making very good friends whilst I research all these amazing producers online. Uh, so thanks so much to you and, and to the producers and to WineGB for the opportunity to taste these special wines. Thanks also uh, for your podcast, which is always so informative and and refreshing and also uh, companionable which is important at a time like this so thanks again and chin chin oh well don't forget uh, if you want to hear your voice on wine blast you can message us via speakpipe anytime mm. just not too much swearing please <laughs> Now, um, we need to go back to the guilty thing, yeah, yeah, don't so, we? So, OK, so Jonathan had his WSET Level 2 exams on the Monday and we managed for, for those six bottles of irresistibly delicious English wine to arrive on the Friday before the weekend. Bit before mean. Bit mean. So, You know, did he resist? You know, you know, or was the result catastrophic? We, we you know, I, we're on tenterhooks. I'm yep, on tenterhooks. Yep. I really uh, want to know. Think, I think you're going to have to let us know when you get your results, Jonathan. <laughs> and we apologise if if it all goes Pete Tong and we're to blame. Um, I'm sure you'd volunteer, wouldn't you, to retake it for Jonathan? Do Surely, I, 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 I would actually. I, I, he'd probably be foolish to say yes. You can exactly because I'd probably uh, fail it because uh, he probably, probably knows would. more than I do. But Jonathan, we hope the results went well, um, and we're going to move on now. <clears throat> we're going to talk about. What wine's been like during lockdown? We, we are indeed, um, indeed. I mean, I think the, the fun answer, really, yeah. that I keep seeing emblazoned on T-shirts and sweatshirts everywhere is, wine is the glue holding this 2020 sh- 
show together. Susie Barry. Sorry, had to say it. It's, it's there. It's talking about it's... swearing. Goodness. <laughs> Telling everyone else they can't swear on our show, and then and then you're at it like, like well, nobody's business. Go. You can bleep me out. Yeah, you yeah. probably bleeped me out. Um, you probably bleep me out most of the time, don't you? <laughs> I <laughs> you have the power of bleep. Completely. Uh, but no, I mean, I think being a little bit more serious, wine did become a, well, not a really serious, a sort of a motive for lockdown, didn't of a lockdown. You know, I, I on my mum's WhatsApp group, it was constant. Every day there was kind of like, yeah, yeah. is it too early to have a drink yet? Yeah. And this was like four o'clock in the afternoon and uh, and I'm on my second glass or yeah. where's the rosé? It was, yeah. it was just it was constant. But, you know, I mean, Funny. talking to people across the industry, though, I think the picture is a bit more complicated, isn't it? Um, I think so, yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I think some people have upped their intake, which is, and, and particularly early on, and definitely we saw sort of wine retail boom, didn't we? We um, did, yeah. Some, we yeah. got some stats here, haven't we? Some good stories, yeah. Booze sales through the major retailers in the UK rose by two billion pounds over lockdown compared to the same period last year. That's, that's a lot, isn't it? So that's, that's, the, that's the April to July period, exactly. isn't it? Um, so yeah. apparently alcohol sales in supermarkets was about seven and a half billion from wow, April wow. to, but, to but, July. But to, to, let's, you know, to, to sort of balance that slightly, we've also heard that sales of no and low alcohol have gone up mm. or went up um, enormously. I think probably when people realised they simply could not keep up their yeah. heroic <laughs> levels of consumption. Yeah. Um, and I know in the, in the US, uh, sales of non-alcoholic beer in May were up 44% versus the the same period last mm, last mm, year mm. so so it's, it's a kind of a well i suppose it's that's an up and up but it's yeah, up with alcohol I think it's quite complicated. no alcohol I think, as well you know the bigger picture here is what's really important is you've got to allow for basically an entire sector effectively being taken out that's you know restaurants bars clubs what's known in the jargon in the trade as, as the on trade yeah 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 so so we've seen some figures that that mm. illustrate this um you know the the consumption of alcohol in the uk nearly halved during lockdown mm. Mm. so that was again the yeah. the weeks between uh, 17 weeks between april and, and july halved. it nearly it was it was it was down from 2 billion liters in 2019 to 1.3 Billion liters in 2020. But that's all alcohol, isn't it? That's I mean, all that's, alcohol. That's all alcohol. All alcohol. But wine, wine, but yeah, so wine, wine's in there. So, so actually, you know, yes, the the retail sector was up, the restaurants though were down, mm. and the net result, when you put it all together, mm. is that we sold half as much alcohol and and consumed half yeah. as much alcohol. I suppose alcohol, it makes sense given that you know roughly half of, uh, of the booze sold in alcohol is sold in in, in, in restaurants and bars. So it's not yeah. it's not sold surprising. Sold in the UK, really. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know it's not it's not a it's not this this easy picture of wine sales booming, isn't it, in retailers? So it's it's, it's no. actually been pretty difficult. Um, yeah. I mean, interestingly, as well, I think we've we found some some data showing that the figures show. People have been trading up a bit. Has been one thing. They've been treating themselves in I lockdown. I like that. I quite like that. So apparently, the three to five pound segment dropped forty percent during lockdown. Oh, on the, a bottle of wine. On a bottle of wine. Three sorry, to five pound three bottle, to five of, pound wine. bottle yeah, of wine. Yeah. Um, do these things exist? They obviously do. Um, well, but, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the five to nine pound category uh, has been up, which I mean, you know is interesting. Know, I, I, I think in there, though, there was an element of retailers deciding not to run discounts. During possibly, lockdown possibly, because possibly. they think wine will sell anyway, which is a bit naughty. I don't know. But well, I don't know. I mean, do we do we agree? Anyway, but but what what we would say, I think you'll agree with me, is always that we would always suggest trading up a little bit. We're not saying spend a fortune on your wine, but trade up a bit because you know a five pound bottle yeah. of wine has basically got about thirty pence worth of wine in. If you get to ten pounds, it's about two pounds seventy. But we would say that, wouldn't we? Trade. Well, up of course we would. Anyway, well, we don't sell wine. Some so other data you know, from Wine Intelligence. Uh, I think this is about the Australian, Canada, and US. And, and German mm. market showed that people were reverting to the familiar, the comforting, you know, in a time of crisis oh, as well. That's well, also interesting. It is interesting. And, and it did get us thinking, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. know, what is the familiar? What is the comforting when it comes to wine? You know, I mean, wine geeks... Mm. 
like us probably, always love kind of obscure stuff. But, you know, what's the equivalent of of Marmite or, <laughs> or I don't know, um, Tetley's Tea or, or Andrex? Yeah, you know, yeah. in terms of wine, yeah. what is the equivalent? Mm, exactly. So, so this started a ball rolling. Uh, and following that rolling ball as it gains momentum is, is what this episode is all about, isn't it? Really? Uh, from Bing Brands to, to countercultural wine innovation. But uh, should we start with a sting? So first up, we asked the good people of Twitter mm. for the wine brands they rate and also the brands they don't rate. Then we had a quick look at what the biggest wine brands in the world and the UK mm-hmm. are. And we went out and bought some in our local supermarket. We went out and bought some. We did indeed, a bit of fun for later. But let's, let's start with our Twitter yeah, shall survey. We? Okay, yeah, we've got yeah. some Twitter survey sure. stuff here. So the, the question I asked was, what big brands do you rate and what don't you rate? All answers of interest. Um, and obviously, we, we had too many to mention here. We're going to rattle through quite a few. Yeah. Um, just brief summary, countries mentioned, yes, Australia. Yes, so we had Australia, the US, yeah, uh, yeah. Chile, Argentina, quite quite a lot of New World, New Zealand as well, and then quite a lot from Spain and France, mm. uh, I think we could Also interesting to note that what came out was the rating brands wasn't just about quality. It was also about brands having different levels, so some top-end wines as well as the so, bottom-end so wines. So you can trade up within a brand exactly and yeah. also uh, environmental concerns were really raised very often i like this brand and also because they endorse yeah, uh, have sustainability, in, uh, sustainability yeah, yeah, yeah. which is really interesting to see uh so so we're gonna run through, we've got some quotes here haven't we so um, some, some answers from people on twitter yeah so it's so the first hard to beat the spanish for drinkable volume wines from dunn Absolutely. Mm. Olivier said, Brancot's Pinot Noir is amazing value. Uh, then we had Finton, who said, Torres is the obvious choice. Well-made wines at different prices and quality levels with an eye towards sustainable agriculture. Spot on. Absolutely. Dave said, I enjoy most. Jacob's Creek, Trivento, Conciutoro, Cassiero del Diablo, Connoisseur, Cellier de Dauphin, Maria, Villa Maria, Maria Villa, Maria Villa. Villa Maria and McGuigan. <laughs> Not a fan of Gallo Barefoot Hardy's Some Yellowtail. Then um, Stuart said, Campo Viejo, Torres, Cellier de Dauphin, uh, controversial take. I had yellowtail Chardonnay and it was absolutely fine. Be gentle with me. <laughs> Stuart, we are always gentle. Uh, he said, yeah, it's the worst big brand for taste versus cost was Laurent Perrier. Oh, gosh. Uh, and then uh, we had, uh, what did Tom say? Tom said, if we take brand in the broadest sense as a guarantee of non-crapness, uh, then <laughs> the good ones are Villa Maria, Calvert, Gonzalez Byers, portfolio, generally sort of Gonzalez Byers, Gallo, non-Gallo branded wines. And then he also said Little and Auchan. 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 Yeah. I've in, got a feeling there's going to be another bleep in there, but... Uh... Sorry, I'm just, I'm just giving you some work uh, for today. Sergio, uh, from a sommelier point of view, working with I've been working with the following for some years now and always consistent have been Louis Jadot, Drouin, Planeta, Erasuriz, Kleiner Zalze, Allegrini, Zuccardi and Villa Maria. And then Stephen, in no particular order, I like Torres, Villa Maria, Brancot, Carmelo Recas, uh, Conchi Toro, Erasuriz, Moet, Penfolds, Connoisseur, Gonzalez Byers, Dort, Paul Mast, Mass. Will that do? Yes, it will, Stephen. It will, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in the US, uh, Jeff says, and also echoed by Linda, I'm for Bonterra. Uh, good quality, affordable, and they're big supporters of organic biodynamic practices. And then Beth Kelly, our lovely fellow MW, just wrote, I really like Barefoot Pink Moscato. I think she said she loves it, actually. Love. She did say love, she didn't she? Love. I really love Beth There is Pink not Moscato. enough love in the world, Beth. I love that, Beth. Thank you That's for that. very funny. Uh, so a couple of funny quotes, and then we just had to uh, see yeah, these. So, yeah. so, so... Kodu wrote, I love the red brands and occasionally the white ones. Just all of them, really. Um, Vidigal wines, reliably drinkable. The Blossom Hill and Echo Falls are fit for drain cleaning. That was Roger. 
Thank you, Roger. James said, I feel there's a certain snobbishness about big brands. I remember the fabulous Cassiera del Diablo dinner with Marcelo Papa, the winemaker. You hosted uh, talking about me, all wines under <laughs> 10 all about pounds, you. <laughs> and quality still clearly in evidence. I do you remember, had to include that one, I didn't you? I do remember those dinners. And I, yes. <laughs> oh, Thank you're you. brilliant, darling. Um, Gus gave us some great tips. Uh, he, uh, he, he wrote uh, Torres Penfold's Jacob's Creek, Creek Spear before a typo led him to invent a brand. Congo Sur. Congo Sur. Great new brand. There's a whole new competition in this. What wine brands don't yet exist that should? <laughs> Congo Sur is just brilliant. You can just taste it right now, can't you? Uh, it's positively Let's tropical. Let's move on. Uh, it's a great new brand. So, so some good tips and also some, you know, some controversial opinions in there. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But you know, just to recap on the basics, what we're going to do. Do, um, do you know what the biggest selling brands actually are? Um, so have a quick brainstorm. You can even pause this if you want to. Pause now. What, what do you think of the big brands? Let's see if you're and right. see how many you get right. So okay, we have got okay. the data here. We have indeed. We? Now we this have is got, right. um, top 10 best-selling glands. Uh, glands? Brands. Good Lord. We can't speak today. Nobody's going to listen, are they? We can't actually speak. It's, a, it's, a, it's a vocal show. Brands, uh, audio. Globally. Now this is from the drinks business. Uh, so the global. In, this is in, globally best-selling yeah. brands. Yeah. So, yeah, so number yeah, one. Yeah. So number one is Barefoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22.5 million cases. That is a lot globally yeah. in 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second yeah. is Gallo. 15 million cases. Yeah. Um, third, Yellowtail. These are probably not a surprise, really, are they? 11.5 mm-hmm. million cases. No. Fourth what is, though. Is a surprise. Yeah. Well, Number certainly four. to me. I mean, maybe other people knew this, but Chang Yu, China's oldest winery, comes in fourth in terms of global wine sales. Mm, yeah, yeah, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Number five, uh, Robert Mondavi. Then we've got Sutter Home, Hardee's. Great Wall, another China China mm, brand. Yeah, number eight. Then Cassiero um, from Chile on nine, and Echo Falls at ten. Uh, at ten, um, and top uh, five in the UK. In the so UK this retail. is this is, um, this is interesting. The top five in UK Go retail on, you, you, right you, you, now, you, you, or actually, this was July last year. Was Hardee's number one, Barefoot, McGuigan. Yellowtail and Cassiero del Diablo. Mm, mm. So, okay. so, so uh, important to say, big brands, I think. You know, have a really important place in the market. They do. Uh, they oh, make they li- do. They, they make do. life easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and the wall of wine in a shop or in a restaurant can be hugely intimidating. Uh, and big brands offer consistency, reliability, and they, they they just help, especially with people new to wine. Absolutely, and we, you know, the, the, you cannot deny that. However, it's okay if the wine quality is okay mm, not mm, a problem yeah. our beef comes when when the wine quality mm. isn't good enough especially at the price because some of these brands are actually not cheap i mean they're not necessarily hugely expensive but they could be seven to ten pounds and there are often better wines out there available at the same price and part of that let's be honest is because many of the big brands are actually made to be discounted yeah, um, yeah, but to be discounted yeah. legally they have to sell at full price for a minimum minimum period of time and so if you're unlucky enough to buy them at that full price you are effectively paying too much for them which, which um, <laughs> because they're, they're made to be sold at the discounted price mm-hmm. and I think it, it also it slightly undermines the value of, of wine um, if, if they're constantly being discounted um, because it makes it hard for smaller mm-hmm. producers to mm-hmm. compete and to, to earn a living so, yeah, so there's yeah. good and bad to the big brands, but the yeah. bottom line is, how good are they when you want to drink them? Exactly. What's the taste like? Exactly. So, 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 so that's what we went out to put to the test. Um, went out to our lo- local supermarket, no names, but it is one of the biggest players in the UK, uh, and bought the wines. So here's a clip, for, just for comedy purposes, of Masters of Wine buying cheap wine in a UK supermarket. Okay, so we're in uh, uh, the supermarket wine aisle with our masks on. You probably hear that. <laughs> Sounding a bit blurry. <laughs> um, 
and we're looking for brands, big big wine brands. So what what can we see? I mean, we've got to go for Yellowtail, Yellowtail, um, maybe Shiraz. There's there's several Yellowtail wines, aren't there? But I think Shiraz. Well, let's just talk through the brands. So there's there's big aisle, big walls of wine here. We got Wolf Blast, we got Yellowtail Hardies. We could, we could definitely go for um, I think Cassiera del Diablo. Penfolds is up there. Yolumba looking quite good. Moving along. Yeah. Nineteen crimes. That's one that's Gallo, come up. Obviously, Gallo. Um, yeah. Blossom Hill, Barefoot, Apothic is a big one that everyone's talking about at the moment, isn't it? Trevento from Argentina, Maybe. and then um, coming over to the whites and the roses. I mean, it's like a wall. Say, you know, Echo Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's Creek is that there somewhere? Um, okay. Well, we can't we can't buy everything, can we? So um, so maybe we want half a dozen. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually quite there's connoisseur isla negra from chile it's really but it's going to be quite difficult to um, whittle these down we can do it we'll, we'll get down to half a dozen we're going to end up walking out of here with like 36 wine bottles aren't we <laughs> and, and the nice people at the tills are going to think that we're think, we've got a problem we're, we're keen on brands <laughs> they'll probably tell us we should be buying something else hey let's go so in the end, um, I had to leave before you checked out, didn't I? Um, you did. So, so what, what was the cashier's reaction? Did he think you had a serious problem, or, or did you just cheat and do the self checkout? I, mean, I bet you did that. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, I might. And have. maybe you enjoyed the moment the nice young man had to come over and ID you. Oh, just check your ID. Uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that would be the day. Do you know? I think if somebody actually asked me for my ID for buying alcohol, I would actually kiss them. <laughs> you can't do that. I can't do it at the it's moment. Not socially no, 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 no. It's not definitely not socially distant. But I do it anyway. <laughs> You'd um, be arrested on so many levels. <laughs> Um, anyway, anyway. So, so yeah, so, so so the wines weren't going to taste themselves, were they? Yeah. So no. when we got home, we lined them up. And we dived in. Okay, so we're here at our kitchen table. Um, it's a little bit echoey. That's why the sound's a bit strange. But we're here because we need a bit of space. This is a big brand tasting, Big space, it? big brands. Um, we're going to whiz through these as we well, are, aren't we? We are. Quick reaction. Whatever we think, straight away is what we think. Okay, yeah? right. So here we go. So we're going to kick off with the Hardy's Crest Pinot Grigio. 2020. Aussie Aussie Pinot Grigio. Aussie Pinot Grigio. Big brand. Hardy's, I think it's the biggest brand in the UK. Smells sort of floral, light, fresh. That's fine. That's really nice. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not got loads of character, but it's um, it's, It's, it's it's easy drinking. I think it's it's a wine for people who don't really like the taste of wine too much. Actually, actually, on the finish, it's very watery. I've suddenly got a really watery taste in my mouth. Right. Okay. Good. Slightly okay. headachey. Slightly headachey. Slightly, slightly the kind of wine the finish, that yeah. sort of saps the will to live out of you a little <laughs> no, bit. It doesn't. It was well. It was the weird thing about it was it was fine when you first taste it, and then it just disappears and feels a bit. Yeah, it's not a nice aftertaste. Mm. Mixed reviews on that one. Mm. Okay. Mm. No. I mean, yeah, no. It is. The, the however, more I taste it, the, the less. It's however like only it, five pounds fifty. Five pounds fifty. Five pounds fifty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's very right. cheap. Okay. Fair enough. Good context. Okay. Next one's a bit more expensive, isn't it? This is the Villa Maria. Uh, private Sauvignon bin Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc 2020. So this is 950. Now, what's interesting is uh, we bought these wines, and then I went just now to check on the prices to make sure we'd actually got the right prices, and they have all seemed gone down or up, or it just shows how often these kind of wines are on on discount. Or so, has this one come down in price? This one's 750 at the moment. We bought so it at we 950. Bought it no, yeah, we were yeah, we were yeah. we were diddled. We were we lost out. Oh, smells very Sauvignon though. Very, and it very, very so sort of cat's yeah. on a gooseberry bush, isn't it? That one, tomato leaf. <laughs> That's what rocks your boat. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very, very Sauvignon Blanc. It's quite aromatic, quite crunchy and fresh. It's exactly what you'd expect of a... A New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. I think that's really impressive. You know, that makes me happy. And I'm going to say, I know we're going quickly through these, but I years ago used to buy Villa Maria Sauvignon Blanc and say it's a classic. It's perfect. If you want a nice wine to all, you know, any friends, buy that. It's it's definitely 
wanted want to go for and I think it went downhill and actually that is tasting really I nice I think it's had its ups and downs hasn't yeah. it I think that's fair enough I think it went down for a period yeah. uh, wasn't quite so good that's really impressive mm. Mm. so back on form Villa Maria good to see mm. that's a tick in my box and I think in yours as well mm. next one but uh, it is 9.50 normal price Yes. Maybe, maybe meant to be discounted. Well, I don't know. Mm. Don't know. So seven, difficult to know. 750 what's the real price? I mean, the, the truth is that often these wines are just literally given a 950 price tag yeah, and then... Exactly. But so, having said that, I'd be very happy to pay 750 or 950 for that because I think it's, it's lovely. Okay, what have we got next? You're not a cheap date, are you? This is the McGuigan Reserve Chardonnay. So it's a bit deeper colour. Yep. Uh, twenty-nineteen. yellow. Uh, New South Wales. And what, do we, what does this cost? This is £6. Actually, it, we bought it at 6 and it's now 7 so the, the, these prices just flit, flit around, don't they? I'm, I'm afraid I'm not sold on that one. It has elements of Chardonnay. It's, got, it's quite creamy. It's quite melony. A bit um, smoky, but that is, that's cheap Chardonnay. Yeah. That is properly cheap Chardonnay. I don't, I don't think that's no, good. No, no, it's the kind of no. Chardonnay that gives Chardonnay a bad name. Yeah. There are um, worse, but I think it, it's, it's yeah, not Yeah, there's exciting. elements of it. Yeah. It's not super sickly. No, it's, it's got kind a bit, of, it's you know, not the acidity's a... there, but yeah. you know, is it natural? I don't know. Um, have they added some? Who knows? But it's just, it, it leaves you feeling uninspired, doesn't it? Not it's thrilling. It's sort of cardboardy taste, no, isn't it? No, Yeah, no, sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, not, especially not in a world of, of increasingly fresh, upbeat Chardonnays. so many good Chardonnays out there. You know, I know lots of people don't like Chardonnay, but if you do, there are so many good Chardonnays out there and, you know, that not good enough. No. Okay, right. This is a, a blast from the past. This is Black Tower. Black, Black Tower, Tower Fruity White is what it's called. Okay. So um, it's in a in its crazy new bottle that's sort of half yeah, it's black, got that, that black top half and, not. And, mm. um, I'm not sure about that. What do you think of that bottle? Um, I don't it's like bit, it, but, you know, bit weird, isn't it, it is distinctive. Mind you, it was, it was really weird before, wasn't it? So I, don't know, I don't, have no idea what this is made alcohol. from, but... Um, no, it doesn't say on the and, and how much does it cost? This is £5. A fiver. Is it a bargain? I was going to say a bargain at a fiver, but we'll have to see. A princely fiver. Mm. I'm afraid that's not a bargain for me. Mmm! Oh! Oh, dear, no. I just... That's sort of sweet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you'd expect it to be sweet. Um, no, but well, I mean, you would. Of but beyond course, being you sweet, you would expect it to be sweet. But you, but sort of in a sort of alcoholic, like drinking an elderflower cordial. Yeah, it's just quite confected. It's sort yeah. of sugar water, really. Um, I mean, yes, okay, fair enough. If you like a slightly sweeter style, there's nothing wrong with it in that sense. You know, it's just. It's not complex, it's not interesting, it's wine, and it's slightly sweet. Yes, yeah. up, we've got Barefoot so Pink barefoot Moscato. Pink Moscato. Now, I this think... one actually says deliciously sweet on the front label. Ooh. Oh, well, so we've got a warning. Percent, we've got a warning. Um... Um, it's from California. <laughs> so so this is a currently 550. We bought it at 550. I think it's normally 625. You see, I think that's quite fun. It's really fruity. Um, it's very sweet. It's very sweet, but it's got good acidity as well. So yeah. it's not kind of super cloying. Doesn't have much on the finish. Let's be honest. You don't. You um, can't really. Yeah, no, but it's quite fun. I think if you had you a know. bowl, like a strawberry, not even a bowl of strawberry, something mm, a little nice bit sweeter than that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sort of a strawberry tart or a summer pudding or something like that, or some vanilla ice cream with strawberries, that kind of thing. It would be actually really nice. It's definitely. I think it's 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 a wine if you've got a sweet tooth. But I am actually quite impressed with that one. I think that's, that's lively. It's fun. It's a bit sweet, but it makes it clear that that's the case. It's got strawberry fruit, hasn't it? Yeah, and it looks In like it does as well. quite a nice way. Yeah, I know. 
I never expected to vaguely like that, but it's um, no, it depends it's really what good. you're after. Depends what you're Mind after. Mind you, we could say both these roses uh, are in clear bottles, which is not ideal. Not ideal. So this is Blossom Hill White Zinfandel. So the barefoot, as we said, is um, five fifty from six twenty five, and the Blossom Hill is six pounds. Okay, Blossom Hill White so, is in. This says juicy and fresh on the front label. 10 it's, and a half it's more of a alcohol. red colour. This so the barefoot was a bit salmony pink, and this one's more more of sort of a cherry red pink. I think I prefer the, the Moscato, but it's a kind of medium sweet, quite refreshing, quite crisp. That's less sweet, isn't it? It's less sweet. So it's, maybe a bit, we've it's a bit bland. Done those wrong um, it's, yeah, I'd, I'd like a little bit more Zinfandel fruit in there, but mm. it's okay. It's, it's sort of fun. It's got some it's dark, darker fruit, you know, to be fair to it. And mm. I, I wouldn't drink it, though. I wouldn't, wouldn't waste my alcoholic units on that. No, no. agreed. <laughs> I'd rather have the uh, pink Moscato. I don't know what that says about well, me. But I, only in the sense of if you want a sweet wine. It's a properly sweet wine, that. Well, I think it's a summer's day. I think it's an easy drinking, fruity wine, actually. I know it's sweet, but I think I've, for me, I find the pink Moscato better balanced and more actually, even though it's sweeter, more refreshing, mm. more satisfying as a wine. Okay. Should we move on to the reds? Move on to the reds. So, um, so out of that, what did we actually like? We liked the Sauvignon, didn't we? Yes. Mainly. Well, yeah, but it is the most expensive. But yeah. I like, I like yeah. the, the Moscato. Yeah, and I think we quite like the Pinot Grigio. Quite surprised with... Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. No? Mm, no? No, you did. More no. than me. Right, come on. Right, Pinot okay. Noir. So what are we going for first? Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Brancot Estate Pinot Noir. So I think a lot of people have quite a, a good opinion of Brancot. So this is a Pinot Noir. Now, we have to say... This one is one that was in our cellar, so we didn't, and you know, we, we we already had it, so it's a little bit older, and we thought it'd be fun to put in to see if these big brands can age at all. So this is from 2014. I imagine the current vintage is probably 2019, and um, if you buy it now, it would cost you 9.50. Yeah, I'm not sure that's survived the test of time brilliantly. Um, I'm afraid, but we know. I mean, I know tasting recent Brancard Estate Pinot, it's a pretty decent wine. Um, and I think under a tenner, it's not a bad, um, it's, it's pretty pretty decent value. Six years. It's gone that a bit bitter, is, hasn't it? Yeah, it's gone a bit bitter sadly. and weird. But um, to be fair to it, you can still taste the Pinot. And I think, yeah, it, I still believe that that's actually going to be, you know, that it's a good wine when you buy it fresh and young. It's probably well, not going to last five years. a good years. lesson there. Drink it up. Drink it straight away. Don't hang around for five years. Do not years. leave it to have we age left that for one for five years. Have we left it for six years? Absolutely no idea. Yeah, that's an it must have been hidden no. somewhere. Next me. one. So we've got the Yellowtail Shiraz from um, Shiraz. Australia, the Casella family. This is the 2019 with the famous uh, kangaroo on the so, label. So this is, this, we bought this for £6. Uh, I've just looked and it's £7 at the moment. So similar. So, we've got a so it probably goes up a little bit, up and down a little bit, I think. Smells sort of, smells like black cherries, doesn't it? A bit of like blackcurrant syrup. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, shoot me now. Um, oh. oh, that's hard work. That's not, not really worth discussing. <laughs> no. Seriously, no. no. That's a, it's Lord, a low point, no, isn't it? No, I'm, no. Try, I'm really trying that's to look like, for positives here as well. I, we're, I'm not trying to be what, condescending. This is if not... If anything was going to make you a teetotaler... Um, it smells like kind of um, you know char. You know, if you stuck your head into a barbecue, <laughs> no, let's let's not be with let's not kind of like you know yeah. um, 
some sort of maple syrup poured over your head at the same time. <laughs> That's what it's very charry. Charry and, and a bit There's bitter no fruit, on the finish. Bitter. But the fruit is then very syrupy and yeah. sort of jammy. And, and you're left with this mm, sort of taste slightly, in your mouth that's like chewing odd. Uh, Anyway, enough, charcoal. enough. It's, it's not it's our favourite wine. No. Even um, though you could get that I was expecting something a bit more pounds. upbeat, a bit more sweet, a Yeah, bit more I think fun. I was a bit more plump and something. Actually, that's really disappointing. Yeah, no, it's, it's not um, not something ah, I would choose to buy again. Okay. No. It's disappointed we did buy that, yes. However many pounds. Okay. Of course. Right, next up, um, Cassiera del Diablo Cabernet Sauvignon 2018. Cassiera del Diablo. So Cabernet Sauvignon, Chile. This cost us £8. You'll be disappointed to hear we could have picked it up today for 6 Hey-ho. But again, I think Cassiero being, uh, in all seriousness, often often is discounted, isn't it? Smells like Cabernet. It smells like Chilean Cabernet, Smells like actually. Chilean Cabernet. So, um, go on. What, what would minty, you... Minty, yeah. Cassis puree. Leafy. Yeah. Leafy. Um, it's quite grown up, to be honest, and, and pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it's dry. It's serious. It's got some nice tannin. You know, for that price... That's a, that's a stonking wine. Mm. It's, it's proper wine. Now, it's it could, a food wine. That's a food wine. That's, a really that's good, not a kind of a quaffer. Good thing to say. It's, um, this is not a kind of super easygoing quaffing this is, wine. This is if you buy yourself a steak on a Friday night, yeah. pan fry it, not much else really, and this, you know, some chips maybe or whatever, um, yeah. that would be really nice. Exactly. So it's quite it? grown yeah. up. It's not... It's, it's dry. And it's actually, it might dry. be a bit too dry for some people. I think so. It's, it's possibly... If you like your reds lighter or slightly sweeter, that one's probably not for you. But it's, you know, at that price, at this level, the big brands, the volume that they're doing, mm. seriously impressive. Mm. Mm. Right, last one. Uh, Apothic Red Winemaker's Blend 2018. Very sort of Now, this is one that's, gothic I think, slightly, slightly less well-known, isn't it? California. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's talked about a lot um, as a very particular But it's style. not one of the ones that you go, oh, it's, it's oh, yes, I know that, you know, everybody yeah, knows no, it. No, it's not one of the, um, not the, one of the, the really um, obvious ones. And this was a, one of the more expensive ones, again, like the Villa Maria. So this is £9. We paid £9, disappointingly. Yet again, it's down to 8 now. Um, we're not very savvy buyers, but, uh, are we? We're not, we're not. Um, <laughs> we're comedy buyers, really, when we <laughs> listen to what, we, what we're like in the supermarket. Mm, that smells nice. It smells mm. sort of raisiny. It smells quite warm, like autumny, autumny and raisiny. Mm. What's the alcohol on this then? Just out of interest, um, it is thirteen and a half on the label. Mm. Mm. Um, do you know that's a really interesting stuff? It's definitely a little bit sweet. Mm. It's got that sweetness of fruit, but actually, overall, that's not bad. I think that would be so appealing to so many people. I think people would love it because it because it's not the high alcohol sweet. It's actually the moderate alcohol. It's got the sweet, a little bit like an Italian passamento. Mm. I think again, that's. I think that's good. I think what this kind of proves is probably you do need to spend a little bit more to get a really nice wine in, from the big brands. So this one, I, that would be my top red. Mm. I like mm. Cassiera as well, but I think that one mm. actually okay. delivers a lot of wine in lots of different ways. It would suit so many different dishes. Mm. And I think the Villa Maria is looking really good. Um, but, you know, so the Apotheque is currently £8, Villa Maria currently £7.50. You can't argue with that. That's good value. That's not super cheap, though, is it? I mean, that's... You know, not that's not super cheap, but then I don't believe that super cheap wine is ever going to thrill anybody. Mm. I mean, there's the, the odd exception, isn't there? But it's, it's, yeah. it's kind yeah. of... It's a bit hit and miss. Interesting. So, really interesting. What do we can do with the rest of this wine? Dunno. Not drink it. Have a party. 
So uh, a mixed bag, I think, which is hardly surprising. Um, and of course, I think, you know, there are, there, there are way more wines within the brands we try. That's important to say. Uh, and, and obviously way more brands, full stop. Um, you know, finding wines that work best for you is probably just, a, you know, the way forward. Isn't I think it? that's true. Um, and actually, one thing we forgot to mention, particularly about the apotique. I think we say apotique, don't apotique, we? No, I think it's ap- ap- apothic. But I mean, it, you always say things it, well, in a sort of sexy ap- French accent. Ap- like that. It, the, Web addresses, I, I, I um, www.suzianepeter.com. <laughs> give up. All right, okay, I give up. I'm not going to even continue down that route. But if you, if you, what I was going to say is if you like spicy food, especially with a, you know, maybe a meat curry or, or something with really full flavours, then sweeter, we- sweeter reds tend to be perfect with that mm, kind of mm, food. And like, yeah. certainly that, that wine would work really well. Because often we go well. for those of Passamento from Southern Italy. But we actually do, that we do. Might, something might like that. And it was a really nice wine, mm. really, really mm. drinkable. Mm. Um, In that sweetest yeah. Anyway, we wanted to explore this issue of trust when it comes to wine in terms of both the price and the quality, but from a totally different perspective. So we decided to speak to two independent retailers here in the UK. Yeah, so first up is is Pierre Mansour. He's wine director at the Wine Society, uh, which is an odd kind of retailer, I guess, in that it's a cooperative or mutual. So you have to buy membership and then you sort of part own the business in a way. Uh, And it's run on a non-profit and non-growth um, strategy. So profits are either used to keep wine prices low or invested in services like van delivery or maturing stock for later. Uh, but we release. should say also it's not expensive to become a member and no. you usually get most of that back well, on your first 30, 40 quid, case, but then you get 20 get quid back, back on your first, on your first, case, first case. It's, so not, it's, it's not massive. So it's really worth, I mean, I think it's really worth doing. Well, we are members, aren't we? But I started yeah. by asking Pierre uh, what the Wine Society offered by way of answer or, or uh, alternative to the reliability and consistency of the big wine brands. We're really proud of the breadth of our range. Um, In many ways, that's a function of the interest that our members have in wine. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you, but breadth can be scary. You know, that can mean a wall of wine for for a lot of people. That can be a turnoff. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say is that in terms of the complexity of understanding wine, you're absolutely, we're very, very aware that that that, that can be a turnoff. So we, we have, there are Groups of our members um, that understand that breadth and are heavily involved, but but there are also groups of members that are on the beginning of their kind of wine journey, and we we do have a role in helping helping them take steps and giving them the confidence to choose the wines that they like. Um, as as you know, Peter, you know wine is subjective, and um, at, at the end of the day. It, the most important thing is whether you like a wine or not. So as a wine merchant, we see our role as sort of facilitating that. Our most popular wines are our, uh, what, we, what we call the society's own range. So these are wines that have our own brand on. They are, if you're a member of the Wine Society, I guess the most familiar wines. Those are wines that we spend, as a team of buyers, our team of buyers spend more time on those wines than any other wine that we we buy. And the reason is, number one, it's got our name on it. Number two is that they're wines that mostly we create um, or I suppose customise so that they really reflect the absolute benchmark characteristics of that wine so if it's the society's white burgundy it is our way of saying this is how white burgundy should express itself so we get quite involved in 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 putting those wines together working with the winemakers the familiarity 
familiarity of the label, the Wine Society's label, gives um, our members the confidence um, because A, the wines are consistent and they're reliable, they're really well priced, um, they are our most popular wines and through lockdown uh, they've become even more popular which um, I think is it's testament and a, a sort of a clear sort of function of what an own label brand should do um, which is that to be safe having said that they're safe but we really try hard to go at that extra step and that extra mile to create wines that have character and complexity so that's really interesting. You, you say that the, the, your own label brands have really risen in popularity during lockdown. Is that, do you think, a symptom of what we're talking about, that, that people revert to familiarity in times of stress and crisis? You go for what's familiar and comforting. So it's that's a, a really interesting question because I, I think, yes, but there's a but coming. So absolutely. Um, um, but we've seen the other big trend that we've seen through lockdown um, is that our members have got even more adventurous outside of the comfort of own label, for example, but also outside of the comfort of some of the more well-known wine styles or, or more well-known grapes or, 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 or countries. So looking at our performance through lockdown, Countries like Greece, Lebanon, it's been quite extraordinary um, how they have grown in popularity. And so, so my kind of instinct on that is actually, if you've got a customer like our member who really, you know, they like wine, they trust the society's selection, they're at home, they're not going out as much. Wine lovers are naturally curious in wanting to discover new things and, and, and they've done that through lockdown. It's been quite, quite amazing. So I think there is this um, quite strong element in, in the specialist sector of wine where we operate in, in, in being more adventurous during lockdown. But what I'm hearing, which is very interesting, is, is you know, we talk about brands working well because people trust them they trust the reliability they trust the consistency that's why we like brands um, what you're saying is that it's just as much about trust in you as the wine merchant you as the seller as it is trust in the brand itself absolutely and i think if you look at the performance so the uh, not just in wine but across all consumer products so through lockdown it's the brands that that are trusted by their consumers that have performed really, really well. And the brands that have been really quite upfront, transparent about the challenges or about the opportunities. So one last question, Pierre. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot now. We're talking about brands here and, and you're fighting your corner. So I am coming to you. Uh, I, I don't know um, that much about wine, but I, I love my brands, okay? So I'm, I normally buy Yellowtail Shiraz or uh, Blossom Hill White Zinfandel. What would you uh, offer me as an alternative to those, to those wines? But Pete, that is really a great question because the amount of people that I, you know, that I meet on a daily basis who, who, who do, you know, they've, they've come into wine through brands like Yellowtail or, or, or so on and so forth, and, and I get asked a similar sort of question. So I'm, you've, you've, you've picked out a rosé and a red wine. Actually, the wine I would recommend is a white wine. I'd recommend New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. 
Um, and the reason for that is I think that New Zealand's Sauvignon Blanc is a cracking style of wine. You know, number one, it's a very expressive wine. Um, so you don't have to, you don't have to think too hard about enjoying what New Zealand Sauvignon offers. The other thing that New Zealand Sauvignon has is it does have a little bit of sweetness, although it's not a sweet wine, it's a dry wine. It has a little bit of sweetness that's offset by, by very crisp acidity. But that little bit of sweetness and the kind of overtness of the style, I believe really appeals to people who have started drinking wine or drink wine through some of the bigger brands. Because a lot of the bigger brands do retain quite high levels of sugar in their wine because as humans, we love sugar. So, so I would recommend New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc as my, my first option. Um, and then in terms of a red wine. But you've got your society's Australian Shiraz. Would that, would that be a substitute for, the, for, the, for my yellowtail? You know what? I would, you know, I'd actually go to our, our society's Californian Zinfandel. For those listeners who drink yellowtail Shiraz will go, well, hold on, that's a different grape. It's a different country. But actually, so our Californian Zinfandel, this is a red wine, not a blush rosé wine. It's a red wine um, and um, it's really easy, approachable. It's got loads of fruit flavour. Um, it's not too drying or too tannic and, um, um, and, and therefore would be quite similar to Yellowtail Shiraz. So I would I would suggest that actually um, I th I think people would like that. So it 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 it, it might seem I, I might have sort of suggested some slightly unusual choices, but they're not really unusual. They're really friendly wines, and I I would be really confident that people that like those two Yellowtail Shiraz and and a Blossom Hill Blush Zin would would actually be um, be quite flattered and 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 find pleasure in in a Zin. From California, that we list and a uh, New Zealand Sauvignon. I love your suggestions, Pierre. Thank you very much. I feel like you've you've really listened to me and you've taken my <laughs> concerns into account. I feel I feel <laughs> cherished. Um, thank you for, and and properly imaginative uh, solutions. And I really I really love those suggestions, Pierre Mansour. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Peter. interesting to hear what um what pierre was saying about people not only going for familiar brands but also being more adventurous during lockdown mm, mm, yeah so so this idea of, of sort of trusting your wine merchant rather than just the label making your life sort of easy that way is a really interesting one i think yeah, um and it's yeah, a concept definitely taken to extremes at Diogenes the Dog, uh, which I is built that, by that its name. founder, Sonny Hodge, as a counterculture wine bar and shop in Elephant and Castle, uh, which he set up to, in his own words, to challenge how we perceive, choose, drink and understand wine. And I asked him what he meant by that. What we try and do is cut out all the smoke and mirrors and just talk tangibly and scientifically about what's in front of us. Uh, Diogenes was set up to do that essentially in as less or little patronizing a way as possible because I guess it can be quite sort of preachy uh, so what we've done is we've taken in a roundabout way we've taken your options away we've got a list that changes all the time and it's focusing on the underdogs of the wine world it's wines that uh, that none of us have heard about whether you're an expert or not we've got wines from India Texas Poland China Japan the Czech Republic, all places that none of us are comfortable with, 
or regions that are more well established but doing completely different things from what you would establish. So it's wines that are thinking outside of the box, whether it's from new places or old places doing different things, which means that when you're in the shop choosing a bottle to take away or in the bar looking at the list thinking, oh my goodness, what does all this mean? We're actually still in the same position as a lot of us are with existing wine lists, but we're less scared to ask questions because we all know that these are wines that no one knows about. The, the fear factor is reduced by looking at these crazy wines thinking, I've got to ask questions. I've got to open up these, di- I've got to open up dialogues. I see, I see. So in a way, by making the wine list so sort of crazy, everyone's in the same boat. You know, no yeah. one's going to know Precisely. about Texan Precisely. Malbec because no one's really tried Texan Malbec, which you and have. And we're not scared so, to ask. I see, I see, I see. So there's an element of we're in it together type. Uh, and and you deliberately keep your list very short, don't you? You only have about 40 wines, is that right? So I want to keep it accessible. Uh, and we have, yeah, about 40 wines and most of it's open and by the glass. We, I don't want anyone to have to commit to anything. And by keeping everything by the glass, you can have tasters of something before you commit to a bottle. So, so people could have a taster and say, I oh, know that's definitely not for me, but yes, yeah, that one does work. Yeah, of course. At the end of the day, no matter, no matter how much you talk about something, no matter how much we might both be on the same wavelength about a glass or about something that I think you might like, there might be something that we all miss and maybe you can't even explain yourself that you're not into. So I think it's about exploring and trying without feeling that you've been cheated in any way. And that's, I think that's the main worry for people, isn't it? You know, am I going to make an expensive mistake here? I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm willing to willing to do stuff. But if I buy something, spend money and it's a disaster, well, that's just a waste of time and my money. So that's what we're talking about a little bit in this episode is big brands. Why, why, do, why do we all like big brands? We like it because it offers familiarity and consistency and, and reliability. But in a way, you're totally turning that model on its head, aren't you? Yeah, precisely. I think um, we, I mean, with, with our culture now in our society now we uh, we operate by there there are so many things that we have to focus on those big brands and those big names are things that sort of make our life easier by going to the pub going to a bar and saying i want a glass of malbec the reason that you want that glass of malbec is probably just for a quick easy simple decision not thought about because you're not going to the bar for the glass of malbec you're going there for your catch up with your friend um, so it makes life easier by just having a brand or a name to jump on. But if, if you know, let's say I am a big fan of Yellowtail, Shiraz or Gallo uh, Cabernet, um, and I come to you and I say, Sonny, um, I've come to your establishment because I've heard good things, but this is what I always drink. I know I like it. Amazing. What are you going to say to me? Immediately, I'd say, what is it that you like from me? Okay. Well, I, I like, let's say, let's say I like Gallo, I like Gallo Cabernet because it's, like I say, it's easy drinking. It's a lot of wine, and I feel like I'm getting satisfaction. Uh, but it's you know, it's just it's just really enjoyable. So immediately, I would think, okay, Gallo, okay, easy drinking. Potentially, I mean, Cabernets can be quite big. I, easy drinking is also in my mind. It's a, it doesn't mean much. It's the type of thing that's quite broad, and it's very very subjective. So immediately, if you're going for easy drinking, I would go for something with very, very soft, mellow tannins, or I would, I would jump on the, the Cabernet thinking and go for something bigger and bolder and chunkier. So what would you choose off your list at the moment um, that, would, that would work in that sense, do you think? I would go for, for the two extremes, give the, give the person a taste and see which one ticks their box. So maybe the first extreme would be something, we've got a Bulgarian Gamza, 
on the list. And so have you had a Gamza before? I've never had a Gamza before, Sonny. So it's like an indigenous Bulgarian grape. Uh, this Gamza is made in a very, very similar style to most Beaujolais. It's really like light and juicy and very sort of candied fruit led, but it's, it literally drinks like juice. So if you want something easy drinking, that is the most easy drinking wine you're ever going to have in your life. Uh, or I would go to the other street. I bought some bottles with me because I thought it'd be more exciting if I, if I showed you a bottle. Yeah, come on, show me. Or I would go for, uh, do you know Renegade Winery in Bethlehem Green? Yes. So I would, like, we've got their Verne on our list. And that is a Merlot Cabernet blend, uh, Albanian grapes. It's really, really sort of big, chunky. It's been a year in, a year in oak. And I think if, you, if you're a Cabernet drinker and you like Cabernets because they're really like big and chunky, that would be the way forward. From the information that you gave me, if you were a guest, immediately I'd be thinking, you haven't given me anything that gives me a clear direction because easy drinking is quite broad. Um, so I would try and narrow it down. And then once we find out of those two options, like one of them is going to work. Either he likes the, the Cabernet because it's big and chunky or he likes that particular wine because it's easy drinking. So we've given him big chunky rounds and easy drinking. And then you would actually, then I would have a conversation about what he really likes and why he likes it. So this is really interesting. I feel like I'm, I'm being taken care of very, very personally by you. Um, you're listening to me and, and you're saying, okay, actually, I'm just, I just want to do a little experiment. I feel, like I feel like you're experimenting, which is great because I'm discovering things. I'm giving you reactions and then you can tailor that advice to me. For sure. I, yeah. I think the, the hardest thing in setting up Diogenes was creating this, uh, this culture that we have, which is uh, a culture that the guests have come to understand in time, where a lot of our regulars, they come in, they don't look at the list. They just say, what's, what's new? Tell me about it and teach me. So it's this culture of learning rather than, oh, I'm going to have that. I'm going to have the thing that I always have. Because the thing that you always have is probably going to go soon. It's probably gone in the next list or or the list afterwards. So it's a it's an idea of always trying something new and your routine is routinely trying something different to learn rather than just going for the same thing all the time. Sonny Hodge, thank you very much indeed. That's it. Bulgarian Gamza. <laughs> An Albanian Merlot, yeah, I mean, yeah. in the heart of London. Yeah. Whatever next day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we need Best to check it out, don't it. we? Um, we do, we do, we do. <laughs> we haven't been, we need to go. <laughs> um, but as for us checking out of this episode, um, what's what's that famous saying about um, how to eat well? I think it is it yeah. eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so if you were to relate this to wine, how about yeah. um, drink wine, not too much, mostly what you like? That's very poetically done. Do you think so? I do. I love that. Thank you. Are you um, just humouring me? I think there's... Well, no, no, but I think equally there's more to it, isn't it? There, there's, there is a whole universe of joy to discover in wine. You know, unlike anything else we eat or drink, it, it can capture and express minute differences, you know, of, of, of place, of time, of people, mm-hmm. in just the most intriguing and delicious way. Yeah. You know, so, so it, it's well worth exploring. Um, people talk about it having too much diversity. Well, the diversity is something that's a positive, that you can explore and find new things, and that's, that's a joy in itself. So, you know, maybe an independent merchant is the easiest way to do that. You know, life is too short for bad wine. 
if ever there was a maxim for lockdown, that yeah, has to maybe. be it, does it not? It yeah. And also, you know, there's that, what's that other uh, maxim that, that people say? We say, um, whether your glass is half empty or half full, one thing is clear. There's room for more wine. There is indeed. The perfect <laughs> note to end on. Uh, thanks for listening. If you if you think we've provided food for thought or wine for thought, please do leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Um, or of course, please do send us your thoughts or questions via SpeakPipe. You can find the button on our website, susieandpeter.com. So until next time, cheers. <laughs>